Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. We observe today not a victory of party, but a celebration of freedom. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Human Zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Stand to attention, I'm talking to you! On Talk Radio. Dismiss! Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on the day before Good Friday as trains, planes and automobiles are fired into action for the big Easter getaway despite the climate change Charlies who are still hanging about in London for day three, or is it four, of their ridiculous protest. And the laughable Extinction Rebellion uh, people, we're learning that these dancing idiotic anarchists are now costing the economy millions. Only yesterday we learned that retailers in Oxford Street are taking a massive hit, as much as £12 million in lost sales already. That figure's only going to go up and the longer they keep Waterloo Bridge and Oxford Circus occupied, it can only get worse. But don't worry, I've got a plan, as you might expect. So far, there have been some 300 arrests, and by my reckoning, all we have to do is find them. In order to get the £12 million back, we can simply hit them all up for, you guessed it, £40,000 each. By the looks of them, they can get it from the Bank of Mummy and Daddy, and the OAP rebels that we've seen can just take it out of their pension funds. This could be the greatest idea I have ever had, and it's definitely based on the well-used legal principle of compensatory punishment for the victims of crime. Because after all, that's what we all are, isn't it? 0344 499 1000. Coming up later on, we'll be getting a handle on just how bad the roads and the trains are going to be this weekend. Don't forget, Euston Station is shutting down completely tomorrow until Tuesday morning, and we'll be looking at this astonishing rise of the Brexit party in the polls. Doesn't that tell you something? 0344 499 1000. And because it's Monday Thursday, we are having a special one-day early Perrier Awards and homage to my brilliance in broadcasting this week. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So already everyone in London is fed up to the back teeth of these complete and utter maniacs who are going around gluing themselves to places, chaining themselves to things and generally making a complete and utter mess of our fine capital city uh, over the course of this week. They're telling us that they're going to hang around until something is done, until the government listens, until negotiations take place. Uh, to do what exactly, nobody really seems to know. Uh, they were even in tears yesterday when they went and hang- hanged themselves around uh, Jeremy Corbyn's front fence outside of his uh, rather nice Islington Bijou flat uh, stroke house. And of course, the fact that Jeremy Corbyn even refused to speak to them was very disappointing to them. Yesterday, we also saw uh, Adam Bolton interviewing a double-barrelled version of the uh, Extinction uh, Rebellion crowd, uh, who basically said that he thought that there should be no foreign holidays taken. Nobody should be allowed to go uh, on a plane and fly anywhere. Uh, Planes should only be used for emergencies. uh, And in fact, we should turn every city in the land into some kind of uh, fruit farm. Fantastic. Isn't that great? It's just what we all need. However, it turned out uh, that the uh, double-barrelled person uh, in question went to a £17,500 a year private school, uh, had very, very wealthy parents, and his Instagram account was filled with pictures of him on, guess what, loads of foreign holidays. 
344 Hardly surprising that people are fed up to the back teeth with these people. Hardly surprising that even the police are now getting criticised for being photographed dancing with these bozos instead of arresting them and dragging them off and locking them up. I've said it before and I will say it again. One a protest is fine. Two protests, too many. Three protests starts to get ridiculous. By the fourth day, these people should be getting hosed down into the river. It's as simple as that. 0344 499 1000. Let's talk to David Davies, Conservative MP for Monmouth, who has been quite critical of the Extinction Rebellion crowd up to now. I think it's time we started to make them pay out of their own pockets. If they're so concerned about the environment, if they're so scared of the world ending, they don't need the money anyway, do they? 40 grand apiece for each one of those arrested should help us out fine. Thank you very much indeed. And when, by the way, are the police going to actually do their jobs instead of uh, helping these people have a great time in the sort of Glastonbury of Easter? 0344 499 1000. We'll take your calls coming up. Let's talk to Mr David Davis, uh, who's wandering about uh, in the uh, lovely, beautiful environs, I believe, of Monmouthshire. David, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed. Don't you think I've, I've come up with an even more brilliant idea than perhaps I've ever had before? Yeah, I think it's a great idea, and it'd be very easy to implement, because, of course, all these people have got loads of money. You're quite right about the double-barrelled guy yesterday. Yeah. But if you look on my, uh, dare I plug my Twitter account, I was actually looking at some of the spokespeople for the school strikes, which are the, the ones that seem to have kicked all this off. Yes. Um, for example, Thane, uh, King William School at Thane was one of them, where oh. the headmaster had been egging on these pupils. And when you look at the, the school website, they've been organising foreign holidays all over the place. I think they'd organise <laughs> one to Barbados so the kids could play netball with people. So when you look at uh, when you look at these people, they're, 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 there is a lot of hypocrisy around. The, the school ones are really, really funny because you all you've got to do is look at this, the sort of people who, who become spokesmen for youth climate change strikes. They always go to nice schools. You look at the school website and they will always, always have loads and loads of foreign holidays all over the world. In fact, and I can honestly say this, I went to Basic Comprehensive between 81 and 88. Matter of record, I never, ever went abroad anywhere. The furthest I ever got was Alton Towers. These people <laughs> don't know how lucky they are. Well, exactly right. And also, what I haven't seen so far, which I was sort of expecting to see on Channel 4 News at some stage, was Jon Snow standing high and mightily above the crowds, waving towards him uh, and saying, I've never seen so many white people in my life, because it's a very white protest, this one. It, it, it certainly is, um, but there'll be a lot of people from perhaps uh, poorer communities trying to get into central London by bus in order to earn a daily crust, and they won't be quite so lucky yeah. uh, because they have been prevented from earning their daily living by these uh, by these people. I mean, there are two issues here as well, aren't there? I mean, the, the, the one is the whole issue about carbon dioxide. Nobody will uh, is allowed to say this on the BBC anymore, but I don't see this as the great uh, sort of crisis that has been talked up. We've had a, a, a tiny increase in temperature of less than one degree over right. the last 200 years, some of which is almost certainly natural. Mm. And, and it just, um, and, and virtually nothing for the last 20 years. There is an issue over particulate matter, which are these small things that come out of combustion engines. I fully accept that. And I think we need to do something about electric cars, all the rest of it. I'm not anti-environmental measures, but I am anti the way that people are shutting down uh, London, stopping people using public transport in order to get their point across. I mean, hey, Look, I was one of 17.5 million people who voted for Brexit. The government hadn't implemented this after three years because politicians don't like what people wanted. But I would not advocate going into London and shutting down the city. I think that would be a really bad thing yeah. to do. We need to get our point across in the ballot box and elect people who represent our views. But also, this view that these people have, David, is entirely fantastical. I mean, it's completely and utterly based on a nonsense. The idea that some a grandmother actually was quoted as saying, and I heard her say it on the radio, that her grandson, who's nine years old, will soon, when he's 30, be fighting war over water. 
I mean, it's absolutely nonsensical. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And I don't know who's feeding them all this rubbish, right? But they've all swallowed it as if we are actually facing a crisis which is going to affect us in our lifetime. We're going to run out of food. All the insects are going to die. That's simply not happening. Somebody said to me on Twitter the other night, David, what would you think we should do about climate change? I said, well, how about we start off with uh, charging a very large green levy for all the energy that we use in our homes? How about we pay massive amounts of tax on all the fuel that we put in our cars? And how about we pay a massive air tax for flying anywhere? And I said, oh, look, we're already doing that. And so, and, and so we are. Yeah, the reality is we're actually um, emitting less carbon dioxide than we were in 1888. Yeah. So the real, the real sinners here in terms of CO2 emissions are countries like, uh, like China, frankly, which are trying to catch up with us at the moment. It is actually the wealthy countries that emit less CO2 because they're able to afford very expensive ways of generating electricity, like by solar and wind. Yeah. So if we want to see CO2, um, you know, if we want to be able to afford this sort of stuff, we need a good economy. And that doesn't mean shutting down the centre of London um, for, for a week. Well, it also doesn't mean that Britain, which is a very, very tiny island off the coast of Europe, uh, is supposed to be the the, the sort of arbiter of all of these things. I just came back from America. Uh, You know, one quarter of the energy they use in California uh, would probably do us for about 10 years. So the idea that anything we do is going to make any difference to the planet anyway is absolute and utter rubbish. Yeah, we're emitting actually less than 1% of uh, of man-made CO2 emissions, although I think CO2 emissions emitted by man are only about 5% of the right. total anyway, which does make you wonder just yes. what sort of an impact this is happening. You know, they're, they're mixing up all sorts of stuff here because there is an issue with, with uh, pollution in cities, even in, even in places in South Wales. It's not coming from CO2, by the way. It's coming from uh, uh, what, what they call PM particulate matter. Yes. But... Um, but there are solutions to that, and, and, they, and it requires a healthy, wealthy economy in order to deal with it. And mm. what they're doing is trying to shut the whole thing down in order to get their point across. And, and nobody's really clear what it is anyway. I mean, citizens' assemblies, this, and um, stopping everyone from using cars and flying around. I tell you what, what I find very hypocritical. We had an announcement that Nissan weren't going to make the new X-Trail in Sunderland yeah. uh, a few months ago, and then Honda are shutting down in Swindon. And one politician after another gets up from all parties saying, isn't it a disgrace? And they're all trying to blame it on Brexit and all the rest of it. Well, no, actually, the real reason is that we told all car manufacturers we're not going to allow any uh, combustion engines on the road after 2040. So anyone making a car now knows that within 20 years' time, it's going to be banned. The Labour Party wants it banned by 2030 and the Liberals by about 2025. So anyone thinking about investing in car manufacturing in this country isn't going to come here at the moment because they, they'll be worried that their cars are going to be banned in a few years' time. The one minute you've got MPs jumping up and saying, oh, yes, we do understand the point of these climate change protesters and, um, you know, it really is a crisis. Then, you, then they're jumping up and saying, oh, it's, it's an absolute disaster that car manufacturers aren't coming here. There's no um, logical thinking about any of this. There really isn't. And what about the police's role in all of this? Because I'm seeing now more and more little bits of video being put out where the police are dancing with these bozos in Oxford Circus, you know, walking past them on Waterloo Bridge without doing anything about it. You know, they're basically saying that we might need to change our tactics. Oh, really? You know, what, when are we going to see the police actually doing their jobs? Because people have said this before, David, and I'm sure you would agree. If this was an anti-governmental um, uh, march of some kind, if this was uh, a different group of people occupying parts of this uh, capital city of ours, they would be behaving very differently. Well, I think if it were Brexit protesters, uh, then they would have been dragged off the streets a, a very long time ago, probably within an hour of actually congregating there. Uh, look, I, I understand the situation the police are in. They're not being given clear instructions about what they're expected to do. And also, I mean, let's not forget, 
they're not actually rioting or smashing things up. So it's going to be difficult to do anything other than charge them with some sort of trespass or public order offence, which in reality means they go into a station, you get their details, and they're asked to come back to court several months later, by which time they're back out on the streets again. I mean, I, even I accept you can't just bang people up in prison um, indefinitely no. for, for, for dancing in the street. I don't think the police should be dancing with them or, or being seen to support them in any way. Uh, and I think ultimately it's, it's for all of us to send a message back to them that people need public transport, people need their jobs, they need to be able to get into work. And if that's disrupted as a result of what these idiots are doing, most of whom, it, by the looks of it, are, as you pointed out, quite wealthy, middle class, uneducated themselves and probably not going to be worried about working for minimum wage in a, in, in a shop in the city of, of, of London... Well, I, I think they, they need to get the message that what they're doing is disrupting other people's lives. And, and think about it. They're going to turn a lot of people against some of the more useful messages that they're sending out. Mm. Well, also, let's think about the amount of money they're costing us, apart from the retail price, which is around about 12 million as of yesterday, which could go up to presumably 20 million if they do it for another couple of days. Um, we've also got the huge cost of the policing itself. We've also got the cost of locking them up, arresting them, putting them through all those police hours, all of that. You know, this is a ridiculous waste of everybody's time, effort and money. I can only agree, Mike, and I hope that they get the message. I, I think that they really need to hear from some of the people whose lives that they're disrupting at the moment. Not, it, it's no good somebody like me saying it. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to laugh at that. They don't give a, a, a monkey's, frankly, what I think. But they are, I hope, going to be sensitive to the fact that they're stopping ordinary working people in London from going to their jobs and mm. earning money. They absolutely are. Well, listen, David, let's hope that at some point or other in the next day or so, uh, we will somehow be able to bring it all to an end because I, I don't want this, you know, reaching on through to the middle of next week and beyond. I mean, you guys are back in Parliament on Tuesday. Um, I'm presuming you're having a nice little break at the moment, which I'm very much in favour of. I think everybody needed one. Uh, what are you expecting from the dreaded B word next week? I'm, I'm really sad to say this, but I don't see Brexit happening at the moment. I think the, the, there is a Remain-dominated parliament, and I think they finally got their way. We were, we were given a deal which wasn't very good to start with. Yeah. It didn't appear to have had the, the um, support of the Cabinet. Um, and and it's, been, it's been voted down three times. It's not going to get through. I don't think Labour are going to help us out by pushing anything forward because they don't really want Brexit to happen. And I'm afraid we'll probably end up with European elections, and I, I think Nigel Farage is, is going to do very well. I mean, the message I'm getting is from Conservative voters uh, as well as others, is that people aren't going to vote for the mainstream parties, they'll vote for the Brexit party. Yeah. And, of course, it's a shame for me, but that's, uh, it's sort of understandable in many ways. Well, it's very understandable, and you're absolutely right. David, thank you very much indeed. Enjoy the rest of the Easter break. David Davis, Conservative MP for Monmouth, who agrees with me that the one thing we can do to these idiots to stop them is to hit them where it hurts, and that's in the pocket. And they can afford it, don't forget. 40 grand per head for each person arrested. That means we can get the 12 million back, hand it back to the retailers who have lost business as a result of this occupation, and finally teach them a lesson which they will learn and which they will stick to and which will chase them out of our capital city for once and for all. It's a complete nonsense. We might as well admit it. Forget about this climate emergency. There is no climate emergency at all. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Andy in Sussex. Hi, Andy. Hello, Mike. Good hey, morning. How are you doing? Not too bad, thanks. Are you um, feeling as if you're in the eye of the storm? Your life is about to end? The food's all going to run out? Well, until I heard your intro, I've got to say, I, I, my, my heart was beating at a regular rate. But after <laughs> listening to your intro, I tell you. Uh, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I mean, surely what this protest has demonstrated is a line between legitimate process 
uh, protest and outright anarchism. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, surely it can't be um, right and correct and even legal to, to essentially just cast a, a nation's capital under siege, yeah. which is what they've done. Mm. Um, and, you know, when I heard commentators and everything saying, well, their target today is the tube network. Now, you know, people who say things like that are a different kind of person generally. Um, And, you know, and I won't conflate it because, you know, but do you see what I'm saying? I do. Um, When when they're targeting public transport networks. And I think that leads me, I mean, conflation uh, seems to be the modern day insanity. They're conflating all sorts of things, um, which which are, uh, is a very big mix mash. And and I heard a leader say that it, the protest will take as long as it takes. Yeah. It'll take days, weeks, months, mm. years. I mean, what do they expect to see? Fire and brimstone retreating out of the skies. I mean, what's the sign for them all to go back to where I they know. came? Well, this is it. And also, what is it that they want exactly? Because if the planet is doing whatever it is it's doing that they claim it's doing, then there's nothing we can do to stop it, to be honest. And the idea that we are doing nothing is a nonsense. The idea that government is doing nothing is a nonsense. The government has got more green taxes on us now than we've ever had. Well, I've got, I've got to agree. I mean, and also, don't forget the government. I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of the government at the moment, but the government at least tries to lead this debate in the world. Yeah. I mean, in five years, I believe they're planning to have a, a massive uh, climate summit in the UK, five years after the Paris Accord. Yeah. Um, and if the know, Paris Accord is nothing, then, you know, what is that then? Why do they... It's quite worrying to me that these otherwise, what you would think are relatively sane people, appear to have lost their minds. Well, yeah, and also, when you see pictures, they don't realise, uh, they haven't... This is what really um, incenses me the most. You see pictures of them uh, on the bridge and everything, yeah. and they're all tapping into their phones. Yeah. Those mobile phones have to come in a container across the ocean. Yeah. yeah they don't just suddenly magic here. Those mobile phones are connected to a whole network of other infrastructure which has a, a, a footprint, Yes, if you like. Um, and, you know, as for your introduction where you said about the leader was photographed taking holidays and yeah. everything, I, I think it just strengthens the fact that nowadays, um, never before, I always used to think there were leaders and followers in this world. Yeah. Well, I think that the leaders have got much stronger, but in a sinister way, and the followers have got much stronger, but in a weaker way. Yes, they're more sheepish, aren't they? They're much more sheepish. It's incredible. I just, I just, it just worries me for the future of mankind. I've got my son sitting here with me today because he's on holiday. He wants to come in and watch me work. Poor boy. He's been sitting here getting bored to death by my uh, protestations going on. But, you know, he's only 12. What's, gonna, what's he going to be like when he grows up and he's in the minority of sensible people and all of these idiots are running everything? Well, well that's quite right. And I think, furthermore, today, uh, in this X-Factor world, in this reality TV yeah. show world, everyone wants to be someone. People can't just go to school, do their exams, do get good grades, go out, get careers and jobs. No, they've got to be someone. They've got to be extra. They've got to latch onto a process. Yeah. They've got to be in some extreme political movement. Yeah. You know, I think... And, and it's not being helped by the, the fact that the liberalist society that we're in which is a good thing on some ways yes but also it, it has the floodgates and the goalposts open for just to be walked over yeah 
Um, no, you're absolutely right. I think this whole, I mean, if we're going to get philosophical for a moment, this whole kind of idea that we must all be able to express ourselves and we must all be able to welcome anybody's thoughts, no matter what they are, as long as you're not right wing, of course, or wealthy, because then you get it in the neck. But as long as you've got any kind of weirdness going on about you, we must embrace it because otherwise we're fascists. Yeah, well, that's it. And I, I think that the, well, I, I don't know how it's going to go, but I think that... I think the reality dose will come when it's too late, personally. Yeah. And I think the police have massively misjudged this one. Um, you know, I, I think that they felt that there was going to be a, a protest, and quite rightly, they gave Marble Arch as a, as a sort of area for them to do their legitimate protest. But uh, these people have uh, legal uh, backup, very, very astute legal teams in place to watch every manoeuvre of the authorities and the system trying to deal with this problem and they're very very well organized and i think the police have completely miscalled it and, that, and as for them dancing with them and trying to be their best friend i'd like to see a bit more policing without fear or favor and protecting the, the legitimate innocent uh, uh, and working citizens of the capital and indeed people who actually get up at, uh, at whatever time in the morning to go and do a day's work Yes, absolutely right. Andy, thank you very much. What a great call. Andy in Sussex, once again, making common sense, nailing it uh, for once and for all, for all of the people out there uh, who are hardworking, who quite do care about climate change and do care about doing something to save the planet and do so on a daily basis. Pay taxes, uh, absolutely drive cars that do not pollute in the same way that they used to, take public transport when they can, but this has to stop. It is absolute mad. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. You can tweet us at Talk Radio. You can call us, of course, 0344 499 uh, Sirius says this, Mike, the penalty should be one, revoke the passport, no foreign holidays, two, revoke driving licence, public transport only, and three, remove central heating from their homes leaving one fire like their grandparents had. Uh, Tony says, morning Mike, Andy your last caller is spot on as was your comment that if you're right wing in any way you are classed as extremist. That's absolutely right. And Paul says, I'm a London taxi driver and I've not worked this week because of the stress of the traffic these idiots are causing. Well that's exactly right. People are losing money. People who have worked all their lives in London and worked very hard and paid lots and lots of taxes in order to do so. Uh, Some of which goes to of course the green lobby and to green uh, uh, things that we want to fix about the planet um, are finding it impossible to make any money. It's absolutely outrageous. Uh, let's talk to Mark, who is in Liverpool. Hello, Mark. All right, mate. How you doing, mate? Not bad, mate. What do you um, want to tell us? Yeah, just a, a, a quick observation. I think uh, I can't believe the wine and how to use Southern Softies <laughs> over, over a few days. Of, now, listen, just because yeah, Manchester just City have been knocked out of the Champions League, <laughs> I don't want you to do any gloating, all right? <laughs> yeah, it's like you say, I mean, if you want to get a train and you live north of Watford, then you'll see tra- uh, you'll see travel disruption. I've heard, yeah, I mean, you guys have had it bad, haven't you? Yeah, it's 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 horrendous, you know, with the, this clown grailing and mm. many bands what they've done to uh, disrupt travel. No, you're so absolutely. Like, I mean, listen, I absolutely agree with you. Chris Grayling's probably done more to disrupt the travel plans of everyone in this country than, than anybody from Extinction, uh, whatever it's called. But I mean, they are ridiculous. These people. I mean, you wouldn't fancy Liverpool being occupied by all this lot, would you? <laughs> Well, I think we've got bigger things to worry about than a bunch of vegans with Gorilla Glue, to be honest with you, mate. <laughs> well, I think you're absolutely right. But listen, um, just, just the, the, the trouble I've got with this, really, is that we seem to, as a country, have completely lost the ability to fix anything, to do anything. We all just stand around watching. Well, yeah. Yeah, uh, stand around the word, isn't it? Yeah. All the, the phrase, isn't it? I know. 
Absolutely staggering stuff. Well, listen, a good call, Mark. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Mark's there uh, in Liverpool saying, we're all southern softies. We should buckle up and get on with it and just uh, carry on. Well, the trouble is, the police are here and paid very well to do a job, which is to remove... I've had a great tweet from somebody who says, the best way to remove these people uh, is actually just to remove all their stuff. Take all the tents away. Take all the cooking facilities away. Take all of the shelter away. Take all of the heaters away. And basically, they'll have to go home. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. 03444991000. The Extinction Rebellion uh, apparently are holding shut down London protests demanding government action on the environmental crisis. Uh, so far, something like 400 of them have been arrested. My plan, of course, of action, uh, as I revealed earlier, uh, is to basically fine them all 40 grand. Uh, they can take it out of their pension funds. Mummy and Daddy can pay for it. The older people uh, can sell one of their Audis if they want. And basically, we will be able to recoup the money which has been lost by retailers in this city and the cost of po- policing the entire event, which is costing more and more money by the hour. I think it's a great idea. One of the best ideas I've ever had. We'll take more of your calls on it coming up. 0344 499 Right now, though, we're going to talk to Jasper Hamill, who's the tech and science reporter at Metro, because a story has come to my attention uh, about Galaxy and Samsung and iPhones and all of the kind of, you know, the rivalries that go on there, uh, because it turns out uh, that some of Samsung's folding phones, which cost as much as $2,000, are already breaking. Uh, some people are reporting that the uh, phones have stopped working after just one day, uh, which is not really like them, I have to say. Jasper, a very good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, of course, this this iPhone versus Samsung row will, will rage, I suppose, for the rest of time. Uh, I haven't che- checked on uh, which climate change protesters have got iPhones and which ones have got Samsung. But they, all, <laughs> they all certainly seem to have something, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I'm sure. I've this is, but this is bad news for Galaxy, isn't it? Galaxy Fold. Is it on sale here? It's not on sale yet, no. Um, and yes, it is very it's bad news for Samsung. This is a flagship product. Mm. But I think realistically, for most of us, it's probably somewhat academic because at 1,800 quid at the very least, you have to be a pretty serious phone fan to even consider buying this. And now I, I think people will be thinking twice after seeing some of the problems in early review uh, issues of the phone. Yeah, because I thought the whole point of Samsung phones was that they were a lot cheaper than iPhones. And I mean, it's funny that you say that, but I, I you would be amazed. Well, you wouldn't be because this is what you do for a living. But I mean, the number <laughs> of people who spend a thousand quid on an iPhone um, is incredible to me. Yeah, um, and, and they're going up. Um, but what the tech firms are finding these days, actually, is people are hanging on to their phones a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think maybe we've all woken up to the fact that one phone is much the same as another. Yes. You know, it's kind of got a little bit of a better camera, it's a bit more expensive, and you can't really justify forking out at least a grand mm. every year. No. They're trying to tempt us in with these kind of gimmicks, and I guess the gimmick here is that it, it folds out. But clearly, clearly there's something wrong with the early models because people are unfolding them and the screen's stopping working. Mm. There's, a, there's a plastic protective wrapping on there, which is the sort of thing you think, oh, brilliant, I'll take that off. But if you take that off, that breaks the phone. And uh, right. it's a disastrous launch, really. And it's not the first time it's happened to Samsung either. I think you remember a few years back, one of the, they literally had the hottest gadget in the world <laughs> because uh, they kept exploding. Yes, yeah, so I remember, so, didn't somebody have a problem with it in, uh, on a plane or something and their phone suddenly exploded, which was not very, not very pleasant at all. But I'm looking at the picture of this fold-out phone and it appears to fold out sort of from the from the base from from the side if you like rather than do you remember the old flip phones that used to be able to sort of flip open um because yeah. the, because the because the hinge was at the top of the phone if you know what i mean whereas this one's coming down the side yes uh it sort of spits right down the middle like a book yeah um, right. we, we, it does look cool i mean there's, there's no getting away from it but there was already concerns about it because you think if you're opening and closing the phone it's going to have an ugly crease down the yeah. middle 
uh, after use, but that seems to be happening quite quickly for people. And then one screen, or well, I think a Bloomberg reviewer found that one of the one side of the screen was kind of flickering, broken already. Yeah, right. So I think it's a bit of bad news for Samsung, and you know, and they are a good company, and they're mm. you know very innovative. So I can't help but feel a bit sorry for them, really. Here, no, quite. I mean, because as, as as you say, I mean, anything that kind of moves in a, in a device like that is bound to have you know issues and problems with wear and tear more than something that doesn't. Yeah, um, I, I think basically if you, the best thing you can hope for is something with no buttons, um, with, a, with a big rigid screen that you're not opening and closing because right. something's going to go wrong, be it the hinge. Um, maybe you're going to get stuff stuck in the hinge if there is a hinge or, the, or there's right. going to be a crease. Yeah, I, th- I think it's sort of, I think it was a brave move, to be honest. And I think if I was spending two grand, you know, in theory, um, I, I, I wouldn't spend it on something with the slightest risk of it going wrong. No, quite. And is this the result of, of kind of people sitting in a lab going, what can we do now? Because we've, we've, they've basically created the perfect phone already. I mean, it's very, very difficult to think of how much better the phones can now get. Yeah, I remember when the iPhone X was launched, this was hailed as the biggest revolution in iPhone manufacture in, right. in years but really it, it, all it wasn't really all it did is scan your face and open the phone which is kind of cool but it's not exactly a technological revolution yeah. I mean, you remember when smartphones came along we thought wow we can walk down the street talking to people yeah um, uh, uh, and then you could surf the internet you thought wow brilliant you know I can I can email my friends or whatever and now you think well what is there the camera's slightly better it unfolds I think we're all a bit a bit bored really and we're just we're, we're hanging on to our phones for a lot longer so they're going to have to do something uh, to to kind of attract us it doesn't seem like there's a big new technological revolution coming along no um anytime soon so yeah they're going to have to do something and, and i gather apple are uh, uh, believed to be working on a sort of similar technology uh, if they can master it and, and i guess we'll see if this is technology that's here to stay yes uh, whether Apple master it or not. Well, because, I mean, for a while they tried to make the phone bigger. Do you remember they had that sort of period where people had a, a thing that was slightly bigger than an iPhone uh, a Plus, and it was a kind of cross between a tablet and a phone. It wasn't quite as big as a small iPad, but it was bigger than a regular phone. And I remember thinking, that looks really weird when you're walking down the street holding it to your ear. It doesn't look like a phone. I wonder if the next thing is going to be a, a, just a very simple device which only makes phone calls. Yeah, I hope so. I remember those big phones, actually. They didn't half look... Because they coincided with tight jeans. Yes. Um, and the combination of tight jeans and big phone was very unfortunate, <laughs> I thought. Um, I, 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 I guess we don't, we don't know. Um, people like the big phone because it means you don't have to have an iPad and a, and a smartphone. So you yeah. saved yourself a few quid. Um, there is definitely a trend for, for, for cheap phones, certainly if you're doing anything uh, illicit, not that I suggest your, uh, your, your readers do that, say having No, no, of course not, absolutely, um, nothing can be further from the truth. But I mean, <laughs> given all of the sort of hacking that goes on and given all the tracking that goes on, uh, it might be that you might just want a phone that doesn't have any kind of internet connection at all. Yes, uh, and often they're very efficient. I remember I, I worked at a publication once. They gave me a Nokia smartphone. Oh, yeah. And I just thought, I'm not going to, not a smartphone, a Nokia basic phone. I yeah. thought, oh, I, I'm not going to use it. I left it on my desk. The battery was so good. It sat on my desk for three months and then suddenly <laughs> rang. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, right. oh, my God, I hadn't plugged it in. So actually they're very efficient, these old Nokias, and, and sure. they are still in use. And you can buy one re-released. They're called the Banana Phone, these kind of cool phones from the 90s. Yeah. 50 quid. Wow. 50 quid. 
So you don't need to worry about it. You don't need to be, you know, worry about being mugged. And if a moped gang stops you and sees, sees that, you know, they're not going to bother, are they? just keep going, yeah. Well, because I've got the point now. I mean, I think my phone is now maybe 18 months old or maybe getting up to two years old. It's an iPhone 7 Plus, right? Um, and I can't really hear anything on it now when I'm phoning people. The only way I can have a phone call now is to stick a pair of earbuds in uh, and, and listen that way because it's because it's just not loud enough. I don't know what's happened to it. But, um, you know, I'm really reluctant to go and get a new phone just because I, I need to use it because uh, it doesn't work very well as a phone. <laughs> yeah, I begrudge spending money on phone. I begrudge spending money on televisions as well. Mm. I know it sounds strange for a technology journalist, but I, yeah, I, begrudge, I begrudge these things. Yeah, but at least, televisions, at least televisions have got cheaper. Uh, they have, well, significantly cheaper. Yeah. Um, a- a- Apple iPhones are only supposed to last five years or more. That's how long... Apple I've never had one that long. No, no, I think that's wishful thinking. <laughs> it gets clogged, doesn't it? Yeah. All the, um, well, I it just starts... I mean, it starts doing stupid things like switching itself off when you, when, when you least expect it, you know? Yeah, I yearn for the days when you can buy something and expect to keep it forever. You know, I, I like musical instruments, for instance, the mini move synthesizer. Yeah. You know, you've had that. People have them for 50 years they'll go forever you can repair them but there's no chance that anyone will be using an iphone x in in 10 years no. you know, which i think is a bit is a bit depressing to realize and i've asked several tech companies about this i went away with huawei and uh, they looked at me with bemusement when i said will you ever make a phone that you can you know upgrade and repair yeah and just looked at me like i was mad <laughs> and he thought why is that not the case because it's better for the planet it's yeah. better for consumers um, and I think there's something lovely about holding on to something for a long time. Yes. Um, but it's not about to happen, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid not, no. But fascinating stuff, Jasper. Thank you very much indeed. Jasper Hamill, tech and science reporter at Metro, uh, giving us the lowdown on this new fold-out phone uh, from Samsung Galaxy. It's 12.32. It's Thursday. It's Monday Thursday, actually. And it's time for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perrier Awards. See, there's no new music since it's a Thursday show rather than a Friday show. But here we are. It's the Perrier Awards, which we normally do, of course, on a Friday. But uh, Con is not going to be around tomorrow because it's a religious holiday and he always takes it off. Uh, but he's here today. Con, welcome. Thank you. How are you? you Enjoy right? your ho- holiday weekend if oh. you're not going anywhere, that is. Uh, I'm heading down to Hampshire. Thank you for oh, good asking. Good luck. Uh, yes, uh, let's begin. Hello yes. and welcome to this very special Maundy Thursday edition of mm. the Perrier Awards. It's just like the normal Perrier Awards, but promising to be a lot more Maundier. Excellent. Uh, uh, this is where we look back over the week, uh, brackets so far, of the so-called, inter- so-called. Republic, uh, Independent Republic of Mike Graham mm. and choose our favourite moments. Yes. Let's begin with an old favourite, Noise of the Week. Uh, the winner uh, of that is the one and only Jerry Hayes. What sort of Conservative government do we now have? You know, one that doesn't do anything other than raise taxes for small business uh, and now apparently uh, dis- uh, disavow criminals and allow them to, uh, to to sneak into employment without having to admit what they've done. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good voice, isn't it? A very good noise. What happened to me winning the, uh, as tradition well, goes, well, uh, me winning the first Perrier? We'll get on to you. Okay. And uh, that's not the only noise-based Perrier this week. Okay. Over to Julia Hartley Brewer's breakfast show, where guest Francis Gilbert started his call with the background noise of the week. Taking Jeremy Corbyn's side on this, is he right to scrap SATS tests? Um, yes. <laughs> That's brilliant. It'd be good to have one of those, wouldn't it? Because just when you really call anybody at all, it just goes like that. Yeah. Uh, well, we're on a roll now. Yes. Another noise. Now, 
Uh, this time from our friend across the pond, LaDonna Harvey. Ah. She wins Hay Fever Sufferer of the Week. My answer for the guys who've, who've glued themselves to the top of a DLR train in Canary Wharf is just to, it's just to operate the train as normal. Uh, and they'll soon come off it when it hits the first tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, they, they would definitely do so. Yeah, so that did sound like her blowing of the nose, <laughs> yeah. didn't it? Shocking. Uh, uh, now, Mike, uh, you are the man who Finally. asks most of the questions on this show. Yeah. So it's no excuse, really, that you haven't won uh, Question of the Week. That accolade has gone to Graham from Bushy. Uh, Graham from Bushy says, I've just checked the reviews for your show, and there are hundreds of them. They all have five stars. Can you confirm whether these are fake or genuine? Well, obviously, they're genuine. Completely genuine. Why wouldn't they be? <laughs> we were talking about fake reviews. Yes, right, we? on Amazon. Absolutely yes. right, yes. I hope uh, you're not including Rachel Jules' sniffles in this. Uh, uh, I'm not. Don't Good. you worry. That would be cruel. Uh, yeah, that would be cruel. Yeah. Um, Mike, uh, now, uh, you're known for making your feelings known when discussing stories from the papers. True. But I'm afraid it's back to the breakfast show now. <laughs> um, Julia Hartley Brewer wins Emotional Clip of the Week who seemed, uh, went for... Sorry. Who seemed for when she seemed to get really choked up and emotional when talking about this story? Three hundred climate change activists from Extinction Rebellion have now been arrested by the Metropolitan Police, and today they plan to disrupt London's tube network as well as the road network. <laughs> she's just a bit emotional. Though. Yeah, she's a big fan of she's the tube network. She's a big network, fan of the, of the tube don't network. Don't touch yeah. her tube Absolutely network. Absolutely right. Um, energy, Mike. Yes. You certainly don't I've, lack I've it. I've got loads of it. Yeah, yeah I tell you who else doesn't. <laughs> Mr. Motivator, <laughs> he wins the most enthusiastic Why was he start on, by the way? to a phone call. Let's talk to somebody uh, that a lot of you have uh, been wanting to hear from all the way through this show. Mr. Motivator, uh, who is, of course, uh, the TV legend, the fitness instructor, the man himself. Uh, he's on the Independent Republican, Mike Graham. Mr. Motivator, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, sir. The best looking man is in the house. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. That's very kind. <laughs> Apparently he was referring to himself. Yeah, I didn't realise that. I thought he was, was just being uh, charming. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, next up is the best use of a stereotype. Nobody would know that you've actually written this yourself. You know, <laughs> no. it's like you're reading it for the first time. <laughs> sort of is. <laughs> uh, best use of a stereotype. Uh, who do you think's got this one, Mike? Uh, it has to be me, surely. Nope. No? It's John McCarthy, okay. reporter for the Drum. What's the biggest beer in Scotland now? Uh, it's probably tenants. Um, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, which yeah. doesn't do very well anywhere else, does it? No, uh, I don't think it gets to the border very well without being fully depleted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he was a great expert on beer. I've never met anyone oh, yeah. who knew so much about beer. He was great for a marketing expert. Yeah, well, I guess absolutely. he works in marketing. It's all they do, isn't Yeah, it? yeah. Well, uh, drink beer. Yeah. Uh, one of our best guests now of the week, um, uh, the incredible archaeologist and Stonehenge expert, mm. Dr. Rob he was great. Uh, he wins the award for coming to the conclusion of the week. It shows all of these myths to be complete and utter rubbish. <laughs> and in fact, we're all complete mongrels right. from beginning to end. That's tremendous. Uh, well, yes, I want you... I mean, it's quite frightening. I'm <laughs> quite happy with that, to be honest. No, I'm not, it doesn't bother me at all. Deliberating. Yeah. <laughs> Great Excellent. Stuff. Um, thanks very much to everyone who tweeted about this moment and to Mark in Bristol who actually went to the liberty of calling uh, from earlier in today's show Bruce Williamson from Rail Futures wins the most obvious perrier for the week for this accidental moment of double entendre there's also works going on uh, between Glasgow and Edinburgh as well there are actually four different routes between Glasgow and Edinburgh or was it five uh, one of them is going to be shut down so um, I think uh, the service is Virgin won't go all the way. <laughs>
It was an unfortunate. Uh, so a lot of people picked that up on Twitter. I, mean, I, I missed listened, it. I heard it. I made a, a sort of face at you, but you weren't. Yeah, looking. I, I missed it. Um, uh, so there we go. Thanks everyone for that. And finally, the other day, Mike, you covered a story where there are now more churches in the UK than pubs. We got your friend, another Scotsman, uh, who might know about that tenant situation, yes. Stuart Weir, on the phone, and he went on uh, to deliver the shutdown of the week. We're going to talk to Stuart Weir, though, another man from that part of the world, because it turns out that there are now more churches in this country uh, than there are pubs. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether it would be safe to say that Stuart's been in more pubs than churches, but I would say that's probably right. Stuart, a very good afternoon to you. <laughs> At least I know if it's afternoon or evening. <laughs> you see, I have no respect for you. I used to employ that guy. You know? Straight away. Shocking. Brilliant. Absolutely uh, horrendous. That is it for the Perry Awards. And in the spirit of Easter, Hang I will on. be back... Go on. Well, I don't seem to have had any, do I? No, you didn't this week. Well, how can you do the Perry's without giving me any Perry Awards? Did you not read the opener? The opener says the Perry Awards. Well, you write right? that. Yeah, it says um, an homage to my brilliance in broadcasting. Well, you... Uh, well, how can it be that well, I don't get any? Well... That's think, ridiculous. Why are you asking me? Maybe you should ask yourself that. Ask myself? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll interview myself for the next section, shall I? <laughs> Coming yeah. up next, I'm going to interview myself about why I haven't been brilliant enough. <laughs> It'll be a right riveting read and a listen as well. Thank you, Con. No worries. See you after Easter. Yes, there'll be no more Perriers next and... Friday. Yeah. The Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.